Hello and welcome to Saving Your Soul with Dolly. I'm Dolly Barker. I'm so thankful that you're tuned in today. You know, it is my deepest heart's desire to help teach the Word of God to the church, to help strengthen the body of Christ, to help get that nourishment in there <clears throat> that will strengthen every cell of, of the Lord's body so that we would be strong and we would be um, walking according to knowledge and that we would be undefeatable. You know, the only time we lose a battle is when we are um, deceived or when we are in ignorance because we don't know something. The Bible says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Um, you know, years ago we were in prison ministry and, and we just saw that these guys were getting saved over and over and over again. So we started teaching the kingdom of God and the principles of the kingdom of God and how you go ahead and move on past getting born again. And that is by far the most important thing on the planet, that everybody be born again. And thank God for the evangelists that are out there making that happen right now. If you're not supporting an evangelist or two or three, you need to seriously consider doing that because <clears throat> we need all these people to get born again. That's the problems we're having in the world right now is a lot of it is because we have so many people that are not born again. And the rest of it is because the people that are born again don't have the first clue of what that actually means and, and who they are now and what, what they have the capability of doing. You know, if the enemy can keep you from knowing who you are, he'll win. He told Eve in the garden. That was the very thing that he did when he was deceiving Eve. He said, did God really say that? Well, God knows that in the day you eat of this tree, you're going to be just like God. She was already as exactly like God as you could possibly be. But the enemy came in and deceived her and confused her about who she was and tricked her into doing something that was destructive for her and for all of us. And so the same thing, he has no new tricks. He's not creative at all. He has no new tricks. He's, he has certain patterns he follows. He has weaknesses that he created in your life when you were unaware of what was going on. When you were three, when you were seven, when you were eight, different things happen in your life and the enemy put little hooks in you, which he's been controlling you with ever since. But we don't even know, we don't ever even get down to the point of why am I like this? We, we, don't, we don't spend any time in self-discovery. We want a lot of repenting going on, a lot of empty words talking about how sorry I am and what a loser I am and beating ourselves up, which is not productive at all. I don't recommend anybody do that. Um, but what we have to do is we have to evaluate our life, take responsibility for what we're doing. Only when you're taking responsibility for your actions are you empowered to do something about it and change. If you're blaming somebody else, or if you think uh, some other circumstance is your problem, you are held captive right there. You are bound up in it and you're not going to get free until you own up and take responsibility for it. I'm not saying it didn't ha something didn't happen to you. I, I have to tell God sometimes, you know, like, I'll be struggling with something, and, um, you know, I will be in fear, or I'll be worrying about something. And I have to stop, and I have to own, I have to own it. Even though I, I have legitimate things to be concerned about, 
there are circumstances occurring in my life that would make a normal person be a little bit, you know, concerned. But I have, I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to trust the Lord always. And so whenever I have something like that in my life, I stop and say, God, I'm, I'm worried about this. And so I know that I have made a decision to not fully trust you. For that, I repent. I ask you to remove that fear that is in my life. I know there's a fear operating here that's keeping me bound up. I repent of having that. I repent of receiving it. I repent for lining up with it. And I ask you to remove that thing out of my life. You know, the Bible tells us that repentance is the axe laid at the root of the tree. We have these trees growing in our lives that are destroying us because they're producing horrible fruit. And so it causes us problems. But if you will talk to the Lord about it and take ownership over whatever's going on in your personal life, because it couldn't get there unless you allowed it. So at some point, you, you felt sorry for yourself and had a pity party and allowed that thing to get in there. But we have to own it and take responsibility. And when we do, we can say, I really want that out of my life, God. I, I wish I would have never allowed this. I'm sorry I did. You know, and let God take that thing out. And then, you know, replace that, Lord God. I want to trust you more. I want to have more faith. I want, you know, and then start putting the Word of God in you. Um, so I'm going to look over today in Ephesians 6. We're going to start in verse 10 because and I know this is a very familiar passage. We've all heard it and all the kids memorize the parts of the armor and all that stuff. But I really want you to consider the parts of the armor and what it's talking about. It says, um, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. So you're going to have your strength is in the Lord. And it, you're, you're in the power of His might. You don't have to be strong on your own as long as you're trusting and relying on God. He's your strength. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The word wiles is an old English word. It literally means strategies. You know, we need to put on the armor of God so that we can stand against the strategies that the enemy is going to bring into our life. He brings these strategies and he knows your weaknesses because he created those weaknesses. He has the advantage that he's been here for a really long time. And so he was he started following you around. He assigned people to watch you and figure out when your weak moments were and he 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 did this to you. He has these strategies that he's come up with, but we can get free from those and we can stand against them, where they can no longer control and manipulate our lives. It tells us in verse 12, now this is a vitally important scripture that you really need to meditate on. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You know what? I don't care how horrible your mother-in-law is or your spouse or your neighbor or those people or these people or that party or that party or yeah, I don't care. They are not your problem. We do not wrestle flesh and blood. Nobody has power over you unless you give it to them. And nobody has responsibility for you unless you give it to them. And barring that you're not a child who needs parents to watch over them. Um, so you need, to, you need to understand that people are not your problem. Outside circumstances are not your problem. Yeah, they come. That's not a deal. They come, yes. But you can stand and win 
in all those situations because you were created in the image of God. And those things do not upset God. Those things do not destroy God. Those things do not um, make him worry or doubt. And you are created in his image. You have the ability to have that same power over relationships and circumstances that are going on around you. Because you don't wrestle with flesh and blood. But here's who you do wrestle against. Now, you need to know who your enemy is. It's not your neighbor. We are wrestling against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, all those things right there, I just described to you the rank and file of the enemy. All these things are happening in the world. That's why the evil that's in the world just continues to get worse and worse and worse because there are people submitted to it. And people are running around fighting each other. And the devil, uh, the spiritual wickedness, and the, the rulers of the darkness of this world, and all these things, the principalities, are sitting in the spirit realm laughing at us because we don't even know who we're fighting. I always talk about the, the matador in the ring. You know, um, you're over there, and they're, they're waving the little red flag, and the bull comes running and runs through the flag. Well, when he runs through the flag or the, the cloth, whatever it is, the matador literally stabs him with a knife, and the bull is bleeding. And um, then the bull is madder than ever because it just got stabbed. That red thing stabbed him. And that bull gets over there and gets all grunted up and mad again. And that flag starts waving and he takes off and he's going to tear that cloth to pieces. And he hits that cloth and that matador stabs him again. Until he literally bleeds out and dies. And the matador wins the fight. And that is exactly how I see the church. We're running and we're fighting each other. We're fighting religion, you know, different denominations. We're, we're fighting political parties. We're fighting skin color. I mean, we have reduced ourselves down to the most ridiculous levels. We are fighting um, economical, um, financial ranks. You know, we're fighting all this stuff. And the, the matador is sitting back laughing at us. Because every time you run through and you fight and you devour each other and you're, you're causing problems for each other and the strife and the, the, all the violence that's going on, all these things that are happening, which is all demonic. The Bible says where there's strife and confusion, there is every evil work. Every evil work is in operation where there's strife and division. Turn on the news and you tell me if that's not strife and division. It's all evil that's going on. And, and the devil is sitting back laughing while he stabs us repeatedly, while we charge after the wrong thing. When if that bull knew that it was the skinny little man standing there holding that red flag that was causing him his problems, he could end all of his problems in about two hot seconds. There is no way that man can beat that bull when it's one-on-one -on -one if they know who the enemy is. The only reason the matador can beat the bull is because of the deception. That's exactly the only reason why the enemy can ruin the church. It's because of the deception. We don't even know who we're fighting. 
And that is where the biggest problems are for every person right now in this world. You think your problem is your boss. You think your problem is your paycheck. You think your problem is, you know, the house you live in. No, the problems, you don't know who you're fighting. You don't even know what the real game is. We're spiritually ignorant. And most of the church still doesn't even want the Holy Spirit And I'm telling you what, now you need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I'm going to tell you right now, you need to pray and ask the Lord Jesus to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. With the evidence of speaking in tongues, you're going to have to turn your natural brain off and quit worrying about how silly you think it looks. And you need the power of God flowing in your life. It's very scriptural. When the Spirit of God fell on um, the, the apostles, they all began to speak with other tongues. And that, that is part of the deal here. And it is good for you to let, to disconnect your brain from what's going on and let God pray through you because God is hindered what he can do in this earth realm in your life. He is hindered by your will. When you relinquish your will and allow the Holy Spirit to start flowing through you, the Holy Spirit will pray for you exactly what you need so that you can get the information you need so that you can get the victory that you're looking for. I mean, it's very simple. I've served God without the Holy Spirit being baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I have served the Lord with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying God doesn't live in you. If you're born again, you do have the Lord living in you. But there's a difference between the kingdom of God has come upon you and the kingdom of God is um, overflowing and the kingdom of God is near you and the kingdom of God. There's a bunch of differences. There's a bunch of differences. And start researching these things. Ask the Lord, why do I not believe this? Why am I having a problem with this? Let him show you his self. He had to show me that time. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, how many of you, if you asked your father for a fish, would he give him a serpent? So I'm asking God for the Holy Spirit, but I'm worried that I'm going to get something crazy. And God showed me that scripture. And I said, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. And I'm telling you, it was the greatest decision I ever made next to being born again. Those two are just the best things in the world. Okay, in verse 13, it says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in that evil day, having done all to stand. Then it says, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. You have to get some truth. You're going to have to hear some word. You're going to have to get some teaching. You're going to have to hear the truth. You cannot sit around all day long and watch media And then think you're going to make godly decisions when you're not hearing the truth of the Word of God. There are so many amazing ministers that are teaching the biblical truth. And if you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you have your own Bible, you will know if what they're saying is correct or not. Um, It says, so you're having your loins going about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. You have to know beyond a shade or a shadow of a doubt that you're righteous, not because you earned it, because you did not. By faith, righteousness was imputed. Amen. By faith, you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ paid the price and paid for all your mistakes. Not only your past mistakes, he's paying for your daily mistakes. The blood of Jesus pays for your iniquities, the things you do that you don't even know why you do them. That's just the way mama did it. That's the way daddy did it. That's the way granny did it. That's, you know, so you keep doing those same things and you wish you could quit. You wish you weren't like that, but you still are. The blood of Jesus covers that. 
your transgression, those bad decisions you make because you get put under pressure and you you feel like you're about to pop and so you change your time card or you do these things, you know, all these things, that's covered under the blood. Now, I'm not saying go on out there and just do whatever you want to do because the blood of Jesus is covering you. I'm, say, I'm talking to people right now that are trying to serve God and are trying to learn and grow and do what God's called them to do. The blood of Jesus covers all you. And you are fine. As long as you're walking with God and trying to go towards God, you are good. Don't worry about your sin because it's not going to be imputed to you. And you are standing somewhere righteous and holy. Now, there is a law of sowing and reaping, and it is not done away with. It's just like the law of gravity. It's always going to be here. The law of sowing and reaping is always going to be here. If you run around stealing from people all day long, your junk's going to get stolen from you. That's just the way it is. got to repent of that stuff and quit stealing before that's going to stop happening to you. But God is not mad at you. He's not imputing that to you. And it has not caused a division and a separation from you with God. What God wants you to do is stick close to him and understand that he made you righteous. You're righteous because the Lord Jesus is righteous and he's covered you. He, you're in him. He's in you. You're one with him now. You're righteous. If you were not righteous, God could not live inside of you. And I know that's why the devil talks so many people into, well, you're not even saved. Look what you did. And, and that's not true. That's not true. Your sin was not being imputed to you. God is with you, and God made you righteous. So receive it and keep that on. When the devil comes and tells you that you're not good enough, that you blew it, uh-oh, now look, God's mad at you and blah, blah, blah. And I'm telling you right now, he will even have preachers tell you that. That's not scriptural. Get in your word. That's another way people are being destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Get in the Bible and talk to the Lord and have the baptism in the Holy Spirit and pray in the Spirit, and you will be victorious in that area of your life. You will get victory over that. That's one of those matador situations, and you're getting stabbed and you're bleeding for no reason because your enemy is making a mockery of you. You're righteous because Jesus made you righteous, and God sees you as righteous, and that's all you have to know. I have to say, sometimes I don't feel so righteous. You know what I'm saying? I've been known to do some stuff, but I don't feel all good and righteous. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, thank you, God, that you are that good for me. Thank you, God, that you made me righteous when I didn't deserve it. You made a way where there was no way. Thank you for accepting me and that the blood of Jesus covers me and cleanses me from all unrighteousness and that I am holy and blameless in your sight, God. Thank you. Thank you for your goodness, God. I'm telling you that look, the longer you serve God with, for real with knowledge, oh man, the more valuable he becomes. He's just the most amazing. God is like everything. Amen. It says, have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Hmm. So you can't go out there and cuss everybody out and, and riot in the streets and be a bully. And, you know, you need to have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, I'm not saying be a victim of anybody's. I'm not suggesting that. But I'm suggesting that you need to learn how to try to keep your peace. Anytime you're losing your peace, the enemy is at work. Sometimes I have to tell myself that. Sometimes I'll be sitting somewhere, and I mean, the, the pressure is just getting on me and the getting on me, you know, because the more you learn, the more you grow, the more pressure there is, the more, the bigger the assignments get. Things start happening, you know what I'm saying? And, um, but you're, you know you're going to be okay. 
But if you ever start losing your peace, one day I watched the news for like five minutes. I promise. It was just about five minutes. And two things gave me concern that were said. And um, I walked out of the room and I was, I was going down the hall and I was thinking, wow, that kind of bothered me. That bothered me. It kind of, I could feel a weight on me. And I just kept going around my day, doing all my stuff, and I could just feel that on me. And just this, this kind of little draining, this heavy thing that I was lugging around. And I finally stopped and I said, God, I know you've got this entire situation under control and I know we're fine. But this and this, they concern me. What's going on right now? And he said, this is the harvest of the tares. Right now, um, the world is watching the harvest of all the bad things that we have sown in the past. They're all coming up right now. And, you know, what happens immediately after the harvest of the tares, the Bible tells us that they gather in all the tares first, they put them in a pile and burn them, and then you get the harvest of the wheat. Ah, the best days for the church are just ahead of us, and we're about to reap for all the seeds we've been sowing, all the good things we've been sowing, all the money we've been sowing, all the, the love we've been sowing, all the good news and the, the hope that we've been sowing. We're about to reap all of that. It's going to be so much fun. But that's coming next. Well, right now we're watching the, the harvest of the tares. And when God told me that, I knew immediately that it's under control, that the wickedness that I witnessed on that show was going to all be dealt with, and it was not going to be an issue, and it was not going to come to fruition. You know, the enemy has an assignment against America in particular because we are the light of the world. We are the ministers of the gospel. We have been responsible for evangelizing the world for a long time. We, we've protected Israel. We have done so many things right, and the enemy hates us. And so he's trying to make us destroy ourselves from within. Amen. But we're not going to because our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We're going to speak peace, and we're going to speak calm, and we're going to encourage people, and we're going to speak the truth of what's actually going on. It says in verse 16, Above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Your faith in God needs to be strong right now. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That's a continuous action verb. The word hearing is. It means hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Listen, I listen all day long. You can listen to a podcast literally all night while you sleep. You can listen to YouTube all night while you sleep. You know, you could just pick a channel that you want to hear those preachers and just play it. When you're in your car, play it. When you're taking a shower, play it. When you're, you know, whatever you're doing, just be listening to it in the background. It's feeding your spirit. It's feeding your subconscious mind. You're getting the word. Your faith is strong. Your faith is healthy. Your faith is able to do what you're called to do. And that will literally give you the shield to protect when the fiery darts come against you, when the enemy throws his best shot, when he throws those thoughts to you. You'll be able to say, no, no, that's not right. I'm, I'm covered in the blood. No, God loves me. I'm loved. I don't need a man's approval. No, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, I mean, all of a sudden, your faith will just come right back against it and shield you from the lies that are trying to come at you to destroy your life. It says in verse 17, take the helmet of salvation. Listen, cover your mind with the fact that you know that you know that you know that you know that you're saved. 
Quit being wishy-washy about it. The Bible tells, have you called upon the name of the Lord? If you've asked the Lord Jesus to save you and forgive you of your sins and to live in your life, it's done. And if you're not sure you've done that, say, Jesus is Lord. You know, the Bible says you can't even say that except by the Holy Spirit. Say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is my Lord. And when you say that, you know you're saved. And believe it when you say it. Jesus is Lord. Keep that helmet on. When, when the world is telling you you're a failure, Jesus is Lord. How can I be a failure if I'm in the body of the Lord? How can that happen? That's not even possible. You know, if I have a, a head of a man, the body's going to be a man. If I have a head of a black person, the body's going to be black. If I have the head of a, a Hispanic person, the body's going to be Hispanic. If I have the, the head of an old person, the body's going to be old. If I have the head of a young child, the body's going to be young. Whatever the head is, the body's going to be it. The Lord Jesus is the head. We're all the body. Whatever he is, we are. We can't be two different things screwed together. Like you go into, my daughter has a million Barbie dolls. You could take one head off of one and stick it on the body of another. But you know that's not right. That's not how it goes. That's not true. The head and the body go together. And the head has paid for all the sins of, of mankind. He is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He is holy and blameless. He's able to freely come and talk to the Lord day and night. And so are you. So are you. You know, if, if the head is, is a criminal and the head is going to, you know, have a problem, well, the arm doesn't get to stay free and run around the country. No, the whole body is connected to the head. If that head is in prison, the whole body's in prison. But if that head is laying out on the beach, guess what? The whole body's out there enjoying the sunshine and the sand and the sea. Whatever Jesus is, that's what you are. We're the body of Christ. And he's saved. You're saved. And here's the greatest part. I love this part. It's my favorite. It says, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You need to learn how to use your weapon. You know, when we send people into the military, they, even though we need them really bad to go out there and start fighting, first we send them to basic training. First we go teach them how to use their weapon. First we go teach them how to take orders. First we go teach them how to... God wants you to get skilled at using your weapon. Because the enemy is the problem. It's not us. We don't want to fight all the time. But you know what? Hey, we can but when the enemy is coming against you, you need to know how to use your weapon. And words only work when you speak them. You need to speak words, but you need to speak them correctly. You need to know, in the name of Jesus, I will make it. In the name of Jesus, I will get my breakthrough. I'm favored by God. I am blessed. I am healthy. In the name of Jesus, my mind is perfectly at peace. My mind is sane. I have the mind of Christ. You know, you have to use your sword and destroy the enemy. When you're sitting somewhere and the enemy is berating you and bombarding your mind, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? How are you going to do this? What's a, Oh no, what are they going to think? And 
All that stuff is going on in your mind. You need to speak the word of God. You need to use your weapon. God has not left you here without a weapon. Say, in the name of Jesus, all things work together for my good. You know, and start speaking the word. You will be amazed. And you know, you'll, you'll know it's true because after you start speaking the word, those voices will start speaking back to you. And you'll know, oh my God, that is a spiritual force somewhere around here trying to confuse me and mess me up. No, you labor to enter into the rest. Keep yourself at peace and stand. Don't give up an inch. Don't back down. God is going to fight the battle for you. All you have to do is stand and believe. Stand and know. God loves you unconditionally. There's nothing you can do to earn his love besides ask Jesus to come into your life. That's how you receive from God. But once you've done that, there is nothing you can do to earn his love because he is love. That's all he has to give you. And there's nothing you can do to lose his love. He loves you. Even if you're the most disobedient and rebellious child he's ever had, and you go out there and do something really crazy, God still loves you. You find yourself in the penitentiary, God is going with you. It doesn't matter where you're at today. Today is your starting point. We don't get to always decide where we start. We're born to certain families. We're born certain economical groups. We're, we're born certain colors. We're born certain languages. We're born certain intelligent rates. You know, I mean, you could just, everybody, none of us get to decide where we start. None of us do. But all of us get to decide where we end up. Are we going to end up in God's best for us? Because if we will do what he's telling us to do, it is certainly available to you. No, no sin, no past mistakes, no, none of that can stop it. You know, I had a friend that asked for forgiveness for the same sin every time she prayed, every time she prayed. And finally, the Lord said to her one day, he said, what sin? The Bible tells us he takes your sin and puts it as far away from you as the east is from the west. What are you talking about? I don't even remember that anymore. When God forgives you, he really does forgive you, and he forgets it. You are free. You are free. Don't let the enemy entangle you anymore. The last verse I want to read, it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Listen, pray for the people around you. Pray for the Christians that are trying to make it. Pray that we gain knowledge. Pray that we start understanding. Pray that the teaching gets out to the people that need it so that they can receive it. And that they can get victory. And we can put this whole country and this world back in order under God's, God's rule. Amen. The enemy can't rule this place anymore because we're here. Amen. We're full of the Holy Ghost and with power. And we're going to do great things. And we're going to go about heal all who are oppressed of the devil. Praise God. I just want to thank you again for listening today, man. It really blesses me that you listen to me. And if you can um, share this with somebody, that would be awesome because I really would love for people to get to hear the word. Amen. God bless you, and I will see you next time.